Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for the NCC podcast. God is doing so many great things in our community, and I trust that he's doing great things in your life as well. And I trust that God is going to speak to you through this message. So tonight, we're going to talk about the Sabbath, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but I am going to ask you questions. So we may as well just get kind of just shake yourself out. See, you're up on the stage. You haven't been asked any questions before, but it's a new day. It is a new day. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and then we're going to study it, and it's going to be super fun. Ready? Are you ready? Okay, great. The question that I'm about to ask is, what does Sabbath, what does Sabbath mean to you? What does, I'm not asking everybody. Somebody just panicked and ran out the back door. Please come back, sir. No, I'm just joking. But what does Sabbath mean to you? In one sentence, what does Sabbath mean to you, Miss Kathy? What does Sabbath mean to you? Day of rest, she said, to just take a look at what all you have accomplished. And oh, I love that. And just kind of be thankful for it. I love that. So it's like celebration for you, and it's rest for you. It's reflection. I love that. Gratitude. She said, that's what it is in my mind. Sometimes anybody, anybody feel that sentiment? What is Sabbath to you? Yes. A day of rest. A day of rest. I love that. All right. What is Sabbath to you? Love that. It's beautiful. Clarissa, what's Sabbath to you? Hmm. taking a day to do nothing it just <laughs> for a person like me who likes to do things all everyday checklist things it's become about trust and saying you know god you've got this kind of thing so absolutely love that so we've heard some different thoughts right about what sabbath is and i and i think it's kind of fun because some of those things are things we're going to talk about tonight and some of them aren't. But let's just go to the scriptures real quick. Um, do you have those scriptures, Eddie? You don't? Okay, it's no problem. I'm going to read them. Are you ready? Okay, Exodus 28 through 11. This is one of this, the scriptures. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you will labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. Let's remember that. To the Lord, your God. On it, you shall not do any work. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in it, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. And there's several more scriptures like that. If you look in Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy and Leviticus, it says it this way. It says that it's a day of sacred assembly. Ezekiel calls it, a sign between us and God so that we will know that he is the Lord. 
I really like this one. This one's probably my favorite in Isaiah. And it says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath of delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by, here, listen to this, by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you'll find your joy in the Lord. And I think we can see in the Old Testament that this was really, uh, it was about obedience. It was about being set apart. But it also was about trust, right? Because if you have seven days, right, if you have seven days to take in the crops, if you have seven days to take care of all of your things, if you have seven days and then you suddenly say, no, I'm going to take one of those days, one of those seven days, I'm going to take 52 of those a year, right? And I'm going to dedicate those to the Lord. Now it's a 52-day year. I understand that the calendars have changed and all of that. But you understand what I'm trying to say, right? And you're going to take this many days, and you're going to dedicate it to the Lord. That takes a lot of trust. That takes a lot of trust to not go and cut the okra on the Sabbath, right? It takes a lot of trust not to, to till that field. It takes a lot of trust to say, I'm going to do it God's way. I think it's very much similar to the trust that God asks for with tithing, right? He says, okay, you've, I'm gonna, you know, you've earned 10. I want 10%, so I want one out of 10. I mean, y'all, can we be real? Inflation. You know? So it's like, what what are you talking about? Like, but what is that about? It's about trust. It's about putting God in the proper place. Is it about other things? Yeah, but it's about trust. And so we see this in the Old Testament. And it's also about culture, right? Because this whole culture is setting aside an entire day. That that's creating a rhythm of life for these people that they connect with, where we have something in common. One of the things we do, one of the things we do together, maybe our expression of worship is different, right? I'm not going in the truck with Dale. I'm not handling some of the things that Clarissa is doing. I'm not going with some of you on base. I'm doing my own thing. You're not doing the things I, so our worship during the week The way that we're living out the mission looks different, but we have this common little touch point where we remind ourselves, oh, yeah, we're part of, like, of all the identities we have in the world, okay? Of all the identities we have in the world, our biggest one is this one. And so it creates this culture. And and, and that's what God was doing. He was creating a people. He was creating a culture. He was creating a people that would be his own culture. And, And there was something important from the very beginning, from the very beginning, about trusting him enough to say, God, if you created all this and then rested, then I can trust you enough to rest too. And so we see this in the Old Testament, and we do, how many of you grew up, like, in towns where almost nothing was open on Sunday? 
Anybody? I remember that, man. I remember when I was a little bitty because we were pastors and so we always had people. And so my grandmother would cook a lot of the time, but sometimes we would want to go eat. And the only place that was open was like Ryan's. Anybody remember Ryan's? Come on. If you're from here, you know Ryan's. All right. It was Ryan's and it was the hotel. That was it. It was just Ryan's in the hotel. Total side note story. One of my favorite things from when Philip and I were dating is um, we would go, because there are a mess of Potamia of people in my family. There are so many people in my family. There are seven of us kids, two parents. We, we, we tend to adopt and attract a lot of stragglers. And so it would always be like 20 to 30 different people who were going to church like dinner, either at my grandma's house or someone's house. And so Philip and I had just started dating just a few years, and they sent us to secure the table at the hotel. And so they said, I said, how many people? They said, 27. I said, not a problem. I've got this. So we, you know, I'm 20, he's whatever, and we have got a table for 27 people. And 1 o'clock comes around, 2 o'clock comes around, and I'm like, I, I mean, I, I, I left like during the last song, but I, I don't think the Holy Ghost hit that hard. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's done before. So we call our family, and they have all gone to another restaurant and left us with a table of 27. So just pray for me. It's still obviously an offense. But anyway, but I want you to think about it for a second, all right? Just for a second. Why weren't things open on Sundays? Right. It was a rest, right? It was, it was so deep in the culture, and so many people were going to church on Sunday, and so many people were going to churches that said you can't go to restaurants on Sunday, right, that it had shaped, it literally shaped the fabric of the way that all of society operated. That's powerful. It's the power of a unified approach to a discipline. And I think that it's really important that as we go into this next part, that we not forget that there's a power in us doing things together just because we're doing it together. There's a power in that. Does it need to be biblical? Absolutely. But, but there's also a power in us creating tribes together, creating and going, you know, most of the world still, most of the Christian, not all, but most of the Christians in the world still today celebrate Christ on Sundays. That's just true. Now, we're going to talk about all kinds of different theories of the Sabbath, the, the post-Jesus Sabbath, right? But I want to make the point that when we choose to say, when we choose to um, identify with the global Christian church by setting aside Sundays as a day of worship, celebration, rest, when we make it different, we are not just feeding our own souls. We are literally having the ability to impact culture on a mass level. And, and I think that's really, really important. Okay, let's talk about the New Testament, all right? 
So they have all these rules, and they're like, okay, this is going to be great. We're going to have the Sabbath, and, and there's going to be rest. Um, what does rest look like? And so first they're like, okay, none of your, you know, sheep and, and donkeys and different things can do any, re- do any work. And, you know, so you have to let them rest too. You have to let your maidservants rest too. You have to let every, okay, everybody in your house has to rest too. Well, what's rest mean? Right? I mean, because that's what we're all trying to figure out is like the nitty gritty of what it looks like. And so, so instead of it being kind of like, okay, well, how, how you know, how, what does it mean to you or any kind of personal responsibility? We're going to create corporate responsibility. So we're going to start like drilling down. We're going to say, well, it's, it's this many steps. My, my sister and brother-in-law are in Miami, and maybe some of you lived in, in places like this. And, and in my brother-in-law's building, there were um, Orthodox Jews. And so when you stepped into the elevator, one of the elevators, every single Saturday, it stopped at every floor. Because one of the rules was, you can't push the elevator button. That's work. That's today, right? Like, I'm just, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'm saying that's. That's the level of detail that we're getting. And so Jesus walks into this world where that's the rule, where there's all these details and all these like really, really minute, right? Do you hear what I'm saying? Like they've drilled down because they want to get it right, but they also want to be able to know the clear lines of what they can do because it's not about a heart thing anymore. Do you remember what the scripture said? It's holy to the Lord, it's a sign between you and me so that you know that I'm God, right? It's a, I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, this is powerful. This is an amazing thing. But instead of like wholeheartedly being able to just give yourself over to it, instead it's like, well, okay, give me a checklist. Anybody feel that way, like about following Jesus? No one? Okay, I'm the only one. Pray for your pastor. Sometimes it gets hard, right? And it's like, can you just give me a checklist? And then I'll know if I got it right, right? But God doesn't just want my behavior. He does want my behavior, let's be honest. Like, if you, if you think that he told you to do something that the Bible tells you you can't do, it's a problem, right? But He doesn't just want my behavior. He wants my whole heart. He wants all of me. And what does he want me to do? Because I I can't even give myself fully to him, right? I can't even give myself fully to him without him. Anybody who's been following Jesus for a while knows that. Because, like, you start off and you're like, I can do this, right? New life, new me. Let's go. Especially if you're a high achiever. Like, I can do this. I can do this. He gave me grace. Now you just watch me go. This is going to be, and then it's like, whoa. I didn't didn't even know I had that inside of me. That situation, that response, ooh, that that was not (laughs) Christ-like. That wasn't even like good human-like. That was nothing like, right? We start realizing that we better lean in and trust Jesus. And that's why it says in the Bible that 
if we don't stay connected to him, that he, right, that we can't produce anything good. So the Sabbath is supposed to be this, this time that's going to connect us with him, that's going to, right, that's what it's created to be. But instead, all these rules came into place, and that's the world that Jesus walks into. Jesus walks into a world where it's okay to rescue your, your cow or your donkey or your son if they fall into a well, but it's not okay to use certain heating mechanisms to cook your food, right? So, like, we're, we're like, we're de- we're just, we're getting very, very detailed. And he walks into this world, and Jesus, like he always does, and he will do if you'll let him, just messes stuff up. And so he starts healing people on the Sabbath. I mean, let's, let's think about that for a minute. Can you imagine anything more ministry-like and, it, like, godly than someone's body being broken and being healed. And yet, this was not allowed. You weren't supposed to heal people on the Sabbath. I'm not saying they didn't believe in healing, but you weren't supposed to do it on the Sabbath. Does that make sense? Because it says that. There's there's all these different stories of him healing on the the Sabbath, and we've talked about that in the terms of hospitality, but, but let's just keep going through these different things. One of these stories, Jesus is going through grain fields, and his disciples walk along, and they start picking the heads of grain. The Pharisees say, why are they doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? And he says, have you ever read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? He entered the house of God, ate the consecrated bread, only lawful for priests to eat, he gave some to his companions. The Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. What's he saying here? He's saying that there's a bigger picture, right? He's saying you've missed the point. I love what he says, Matthew 12, 12. He says, how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then there's another verse. It's Luke 13, 10 through 11. And this woman has been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She is bent all the way over, cannot straighten up. Jesus calls to her, frees her from her infirmity. Immediately she stands up, she praises God, and they are ticked off, and the synagogue leaders say there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not the Sabbath. Now, look, we, we, it, 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 it does feel, I mean, we can be honest, it feels ridiculous, right? It feels ridiculous. But what about the things that we do that forget the point, right? What about the way that we just went to a three-day trip. I told somebody it was a vacation. It was not because children were involved. It was a trip. And so all the people that I told that it was a vacation, I lied to you. We just took our children to see playgrounds in Dallas. It was a playground viewing experience. And um, we were at this one playground because in Dallas and in Texas in general, if you don't know, everything's bigger. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, every, it's just like, 
you know, you can't just have a playscape in Dallas. We walk into this place, and it's like, biggest playscape in the world. And I'm like, in the world? Like, did you check? Like, this is unbelievable. And so it's like five stories. It was five stories. Guys, it was five stories of playscape. And my three-year-old son was there for it. He was all about, I mean, I'm talking about, he took off and he went nuts. He went crazy. He climbed, do you know that kind of kid? Okay, that like just terrifies everyone. Like other parents are worried for us, you know? And so like, he's climbing and he's everywhere. And then I have Ella. Ella, who we begged for her occupational therapist not to graduate her. They're like, she's hit all her milestones. And I'm like, are you sure? And uh, so she has a hard time kind of walking, climbing, doing different things. And she's absolutely adorable. But, you know, she's six years old, and she's scared of everything. She's scared of sneezing. She is scared. She's just frightened. And also, everything hurts. So, like, if you brush her hair, it hurts. If you nudge into her, it hurts. She's just at that age, okay? She's fine. Like, somebody's worried, like, wants me to go get her checked. Shell's like, I'm, I've got to talk to her after service. She's fine, Shell. It's fine. She started kindergarten today. She had a great time. But anyway, so Ella, right, Ella, because you know her so well, Ella, um, Ella doesn't want to do nothing, he, nothing, okay? She's, like, sitting nothing. And um, Carolina, I tell Carolina, take Ella to the slide. Have you ever had that moment, like, where you're like, just take Ella. We are here at the five-story biggest playscape in the world. Dadgummit, you're going to go down the slide. And so there's, like, a slide. And I'm like, just go down the slide. So Carolina takes her to the slide because Philip and I are doing what all good parents do. We are having coffee and not doing anything except for watching our one-year-old. And that is it. And he is strapped in a seat, and we are having a conversation, and it is awesome. And so she's taking her to the slide. All of a sudden, they come back, and she's crying, like hard crying. And Carolina is, like, proud. She's like, I did it. I'm like, you did what? She's like, she went down that slide. exactly how we are sometimes. We're like, God told me to, right? And we just bulldoze over the point, right? We miss the people in, in the moment. And that's what these people were doing when it came to Sabbath. They were so worried about the rules that they had completely missed the point. They had completely missed the relationship. They had completely missed that, that God had created human beings and that human beings were the most important thing ever, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Now, will following Jesus sometimes put you at odds with human beings? Yes, that's not what I'm talking about. But do you understand? You see the picture? Carolina thought the mission was the slide. But Ella was the mission. And we have to remember that even as we incorporate Sabbath in our own lives, what the mission really, really is, that it's about connection and trust with God. It's about sacredness. Gosh, it's about being set apart in, in the way that you live your week. In the way, do you see all these different things? It's about some, it's about God. If it was just about rest, then why is it just to God? Do you see what I mean? 
these people will say, well, it's just about, it's really not. Because it's set apart as to God. And so we see all of these things. And and then we see this in Hebrews 4, 9 through 10. And then we're going to get to a couple other things. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work, just as God did from his. And so from this, we get some interesting um, theology that comes out. And, and I'm not going to tonight give you like a clear-cut picture on that part. But what we are going to talk about is we're going to talk about the components of Sabbath that have to be in our life. All right? the components of Sabbath. But let's talk about the history, okay? So you have the Jewish Sabbath that's all about refraining from work, but it's also dedicated to God, okay? Refraining from work, dedicated to God. Then you have the Christian Sabbath. And from my study, and if I'm wrong, then you can talk right over here to our Bible scholar and he will correct me. Cool? All right. So from my study, Christian Sabbath, first 200 years, continued in Jewish tradition for most part. And in the case of some Gentiles, they even jumped on board. Not everybody, but, but some of them, okay? But then you see this change where there's a move to the first day of the week. And what I was looking at, and I thought it was really interesting, is there was this move to creating this first day of the week. And it wasn't originally like the exact same Sabbath. It was a day of celebration. So it was like, hey, we're going to celebrate on Sunday which is the day that biblically, like, Jesus rose from the dead. That's kind of the thought process. But also, it's the first day of the week. So the very first thing we're going to do is we're going to celebrate Christ's resurrection. And so people started assembling together to celebrate, to be excited, to worship, to have confession, to do all of these different things. Things. And then there's this theology that kind of emerges, and it says, well, actually, there is just a requirement for a day of arrest, and it doesn't matter which day of rest it is. So Sabbath as more of like a rhythm principle. Do you see what I'm saying? Even in the secular world, there's this concept of like Sabbath as a rhythm principle. Like I've got to have my, my Sabbath, but it's not like necessarily like to God, Right? But within the Christian circles, it's going, okay, well, you know, whether it's Saturday or Sunday is disputed. So if that's disputed, then it doesn't matter what day. So just pick a day, and as long as you have your day, you're good. And so that's what you'll hear a lot in, like, evangelical circles is you'll be like, hey, what's, what day is your Sabbath? Now, we still celebrate on Sunday. We're excited. But then you have this day of rest that's kind of called your Sabbath. Are you kind of tracking with me to kind of see the different iterations of this? Right? And so then... You have this thing that comes out of Hebrews 4 where it's after Christ came, we entered into a Sabbath rest. That accepting grace, right, made daily the trust with us in God that the Sabbath, and we can now truly rest. So there's like this separation. So it's like every day we're consecrated to God, but then you can also rest, all right? So there's this, there's this thing that kind of emerges. And you may say, Destiny, that's confusing, and I would rather you just tell me, like, it's this, this, and this. But I think that Christianity as a whole requires you to do more than have a checklist. I could tell you, hey, every, like it was in my house. In my house, you didn't spend the night anywhere on Saturday night. Um, they did let us go to prom and homecoming, but you were going to get up at the crack.
crack of dawn and be at the 8 o'clock service, even if we didn't normally go to the 8 o'clock service. We were going that day. So, but, you know, we weren't really allowed to date on Saturday nights. Like, Saturday nights started the Sabbath for us. And we went all day. It went all day. I remember the first time I went to a mall on a Sunday. I thought lightning was going to strike. I'm just going to be real with you. Because that's the way we did. Do you see what I'm saying? That's the way we did Sabbath. And maybe that's the way that, that you do Sabbath. And I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. Maybe you do Friday night all the way to Saturday. Maybe you do it a different way. I, I get that. But this is the thing, is let's not miss the point with the rules. What is it supposed to be? Is it's a prioritization of God's presence and way of life. I've had people tell me, nobody in this circle, so don't look around. <laughs> Whenever you say, I've had people tell me, there's always one person who's looking and going, I bet it was her. But anyway, um, I've had people tell me, I can't serve on Sunday because that makes it not my Sabbath. Well, that, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't make sense because Sabbath is about a prioritization of God's presence and his way of life in our life. And part of prioritizing God's way of life is serving others, just like Jesus did, healing people. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. So it's not just that. It's trust in God, like we talked about. Like Clarissa said, she always gets to the heart of the matter. To provide all you need to accomplish his will. It's about transformation. You can look at science of growth and of transformation. You can look at all kinds of different things. But one of the things it will tell you is that if you are too busy and you are constantly in motion, you're not going to have the space to process, assimilate, manage, right, and transform your life. And I think, you know, Kathy just really hit it on the head of what Sabbath is to her. It's a day for her to think. Imagine that. Just time for us to meditate. Can you imagine God putting that in? Just, just a time to meditate. That's what he did at the beginning. I love it. I love it. It's my favorite part of Genesis where, you know, like six days, and it's like he just sits back and he's like, this is good. Right? He's happy about, he takes that moment of celebration, of joy. And isn't there rest in celebration? I mean, honestly, there's such, I know there is for me. Now, my husband doesn't need a whole lot of celebration except for the fact, because of the fact that he celebrates himself all the time. But I think taking those moments, when, when I turned 40, he took me away for three days on a vacation because there were no children involved. And um, he took me away for three days, and, and we prayed, and we read books, and we celebrated the last 25 years of doing life together. We wrote down all the moments, 40 moments. He wrote down 40 moments for us to talk about, to remember, and to celebrate. It was so beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Also, I told him to do that, but it was beautiful. No. <laughs> but, but this is the thing. I, I, I will, as an aside, I will tell you, it, one of the coolest things in the world has been watching my husband learn how to do special moments because that wasn't something he could do at all when we first got together. Isn't that cool? 
that we can change that much in 482 years that we've been together. But it's transformation, creating space for the other spiritual disciplines. Because you have to create space for those other spiritual disciplines. They don't just happen. Solitude, I mean, we're about to talk about that a second, but I mean, you have to create space. It's about culture rejection. Identifying with the Christian life. Right? It's about saying no. No, like, it's about speaking up and saying, no, I, I really, I mean, I understand if I can't, and I'm a team player and all of those things, but just so you know, I do go to church on Sundays. You know? And and making that a part of part of your existence. And it's about, and it's for people, but it's to God. Let's think about that for a second, right? So the Sabbath is for people, but it's to God. So it's for us, right? But it's to God. And that's what everything is, right? Is it's this cycle of I give my worship to God, but what does worship do? Right, I give my prayer right? I give my service. I give all these things, and it's to God, but eventually it gets to people. And sometimes it looks like serving people, but really if we're doing it right, we're serving God through serving people, right? Does that make sense? And it incorporates what this amazing book that if you haven't gotten, you should probably get, Dallas Willard's The Spirit of the Disciplines. It's amazing. But um, it incorporates both disciplines of abstinence and engagement. So there's disciplines of abstinence when we choose to refrain, and there's disciplines of engagement where we engage. And what's really cool as I was studying this, and I thought it was fascinating, is that almost every single one of the disciplines that he lists of abstinence and engagement, almost all of them really can be incorporated if we choose to gather together and create a Sabbath for ourselves um, as a church. Listen to these. You've got solitude because you can choose to have time alone with your family or with yourself after you attend Sunday service. Silence. Creating those moments of silence. Sacrifice. It's, I don't know about you, but it's sacrifice to come to church on certain very cold days for me because I'm cold and I'm not from the north. And I just am cold all the time. But you know what I'm saying? You may say it's not sacrifice compared to the, yes, I know. But what I'm talking about is it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to get up and come when, honestly, you, you, you just kind of are like, I don't feel like a lot of hope right now. You know? Anybody ever feel that way? Like, I don't, I don't want to be. Or, you know what? I'm not even sure, like, if anybody, if I'm going to see anybody I know. I, I'm, just, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure. There's all kinds of thought. And it becomes a sacrifice of obedience just to show up. Study, worship, celebration, service, prayer, fellowship, confession, submission. Every one of these things are disciplines that this guy writes about. And I looked through the list and I was going, what in the world? Choosing to set aside a day for God checks the box on so many disciplines. Now, should we incorporate these into our week? Yes, but sometimes we give ourselves so many options that we really opt out of the process altogether. It's like my friends in college. They would say, oh, I'm studying, 
during class. And I'm like, that's dumb. Because our dean told us that no one has ever failed college who didn't miss a class. And I'm not failing college. So I was a crazy person. I would go to class if I was throwing up sick. I'm sure my teachers would have appreciated if I had stayed home. But I was not going to miss class. Sometimes we can do the same thing when it comes to gathering together. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here on Wednesday. Like, y'all are double dippers, you know? But I'm just saying, sometimes we can do the same thing. We can be like, ah, I'll get the notes later. When we're missing out on the one-stop shop of being able to do so many different things, plus the stuff that we can't really name, but we know it's happening. Plus that thing that happens when we gather together. Plus that Holy Spirit conversation that happens in the encounter when you're checking your kids in in Baby Village. You just better be ready. If you are checking your kids in at Baby Village, she may just say something, and then, like, your whole, you're like, okay, yes, Jesus, I heard you, right? But that happens all over this place. Those moments, it happens at churches all over the world. Those moments, why? Because we're the body of Christ, and we're supposed to do this thing together. Can you imagine if your toe was like, I'm totally for you, but I'm staying home. And I'm not going with you nowhere. Do you see, I know that sounds silly, but, but do you see, I really believe that, that even in the Old Testament, and you saw that, that thing, it said it's, it's a day of holy assembly. There is this part of the Sabbath that sometimes gets stripped out by modernity where we just want to make it about rest and we just want to make it about sitting down and we just want to make it about recreation and we just want to make it about all of these things. And we miss out on this holy assembly, this thing where we get together and we get to practice this. Do you see what I'm saying? It's such a beautiful thing. It it reminds us that we're a part of a bigger picture, creates a perspective for our own lives and our efforts and our issues. You know what else? It gives your family culture this thing. You know, all of you are from different families, but when you get together in my family and we start telling stories it's real hard for us to get about three minutes in without talking about church because that's what our lives were centered around. I don't know if you guys know the Litweilers. They have six kids, and they um, live here. Um, sometimes I think that's true. And uh, they, they do all kinds of things here. I, I think that's going to be the story of their family because I don't know how they're going to – I have no idea how they would talk about their childhood without church coming up, without serving coming up, without community coming up, without sacrifice coming up. And, you know, the question of the Sabbath is such a beautiful thing, but I I think it comes down to kind of the question that Clarissa asked on Sunday, right? If Jesus was pulled out of your life, what would change? What would change, right? That's the question. If Jesus was pulled out of your life, How would the way you talk change? How would the way you treat your husband change? How would the way that you order your time change? How would the way that you do you And Sabbath is one of those, those things. So I know we've kind of pulled them all together, and you can say, well, you confused da-da-da-da with it. But when we talk about assembling together, 
I still feel like there's this link because there is a rest that comes that just comes from being in God's presence together. I've felt it all over the world. I really have. I've walked in cathedrals where I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't understand the language. And I've stood and I've heard the music and I've heard somebody speaking who had given their whole life to this thing we call Christianity. And something came over me and I felt the rest of being in a house that was dedicated just to God. I've been in places like apartments where underground Christians met and where people had taken three-hour trains just to get to be there for an hour or two, where they sang quiet hymns because they were afraid that they would get discovered. I've stood in those rooms, and I've found true rest. I've been exhausted after days of leading this place, but there's something about exhausting yourself on behalf of the kingdom that gives you rest. Because it's all about trust. It's all about connection. Yes, is it about rest? Absolutely. I think Chick-fil-A has proven to us that when you trust God, something is a little bit different about your culture. I I just think it's true. You, You can read other stories about, I think it's World War II, there was a shipbuilding company, the same thing. They said, nope, we're gonna build six days a week. We're gonna take the seventh off. They lost the the contract, but they ended up building more ships than anybody because, well, what is that about? Is it about just being more productive? No, but there is something about just trusting God. There is something about allowing space for rest, reflection, celebration, solitude, all of those things. There's something about it. So I want to encourage you to go back to the question that we asked earlier today. What is Sabbath for you? And instead of just kind of going, okay, where's the check the box, right? Maybe look for both. Look for the three things in scripture that are clear, that you need regularized rest, recreation, that you need a, a pattern of behavior that isn't just constant work, but you also need a pattern of behavior that puts God's way first, where you choose God's way, but you remind yourself that it's not just your efforts alone, where you can create space for transformation. And maybe the most important part, and we're going to end right now, this is the way Jesus lived. And if we want to be like Jesus, he observed the Sabbath. But he didn't let the Sabbath control the way that he interacted with people. He put people first. You know, people will say, well, he didn't observe the Yes, he did. He did observe the Sabbath. But he healed people on the Sabbath. And he was okay with, with his disciples who had the munchies getting a few, right? Like he, he observed the Sabbath, but he didn't allow the rules to keep him from living the purpose of the Sabbath. So I encourage you, I I hope that this will spark your imagination to study yourself more about the checklist.
but to do it through the lens of, am I really trusting God? Am I really trusting him? Or is, am I thinking that it's all my effort? Am I creating space for all these disciplines? It takes space for space for silence and solitude and confession and all of these different things. It takes space. Thank you for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast. For more content from NCC and how to get connected, visit ncc.team.